Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Fantasy Football Frenzy, FNTSY Radio, the weekend edition of Fantasy Executive and George Kurtz. Over the course of the next hour, we'll get some of the latest news out of the NFL, not to mention the fact, talk some fantasy football, which you're obviously looking at the Chicago Bear offense and how they retooled and get you some of the latest news and stories as we push closer and closer to draft day 2018. I don't know if you saw this, George, and I have not confirmed this. I'm going to look through a couple of news sites right now. I think there's some breaking news coming out of the NFL right now regarding the Minnesota Vikings. And I'm trying to see if I can confirm this somewhere. But I, I, I've got it too. It looks as, it sounds as if Minnesota Vikings offensive line coach Tony Sperano has died at age 56. Are you yeah, seeing this? Yeah, that's uh, sad. Now, I've seen the same thing. Yeah, it's just coming out now. It's literally, I guess, just happened a little while ago. Uh, if true, uh, certainly a uh, sad day for the Sperano family. Wish them all the best. But uh, former Miami Dolphins head coach, you know, at least with the Cowboys for a little bit as well as a uh, coach, and it uh, looks like he's passed away. Yeah, you're right. He was the uh, interim head coach. He was head coach in Miami, interim head coach of the Oakland Raiders in 2014, did a do a stint with Dallas, and now he was the, uh, he was the um, current um Offensive line coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Sources tell KSTP Minnesota Vikings offensive line coach Tony Sperano died Sunday at home before training camp. Um, at Sunday's home at, at home days before training camp began, he was 56 years old. He joined the Vikings in 2016 as the offensive line coach and has extensive coaching experience, including a previous job with Mike Zimmer, Vikings head coach. The two worked for Dallas head coach Bill Parcells from 20 um, from 03 to 08. So, uh, yeah, so this is uh, sad news coming out of the NFL family right here. And um, with the Minnesota Vikings, obviously, I throw some prayers with the Sperano family and the Minnesota Viking organization and their fan base in this tough time. So no really fantasy thing to break down right there. Just uh, good wishes up to everybody in the Minnesota Viking organization, George. Absolutely. I mean, it's a sad day. A sad day for the Minnesota Vikings, Tony Sperano, his family, 56 years old, you know, and uh, – not something you want to think about. No, definitely. Um, no, you're right, especially um, as you get ready for um, you know the upcoming season. That's got to be tough. Um, as you know, boy, I tell you what, this NFL and this national anthem thing, George, this thing gets worse and worse every year, and I think it's going to get real nasty this year. Um, as you know, midterm elections, I think it's going to be used as a political prop. We've already seen it uh, being on the, uh, the, the the tweet deck of the president uh, yet again. The Miami. Let me tell you how how this story right here takes over and scares the NFL half to death, and they can't do figure out a way to do anything about it. I went to sleep Thursday night. The story was the Miami Dolphins invoke a rule where you don't stand for the national anthem, you get suspended. By the time I woke up Friday morning, 
the NFL and the NFLPA had a joint statement saying they're all at a stand. They are currently on a standstill, still flushing out and working through the national anthem situation. It didn't even take five hours for the NFL, you know what I mean, for the NFL to come out and put a stop to this thing. It didn't even take 24 hours for the president to put it in his tweet deck. This thing going to get nasty this year, George. And the NFL can't seem to figure out a way to get from underneath this thing. Uh, a couple of things here. Uh, what Miami did was uh, all teams have to, before they hug uh, the exactly. camp, have to submit have to submit their disciplinary procedures. So Miami wasn't coming out and saying they were going to suspend players four games. That was the max of what they could do. They could do anything in between, you know, from giving them a pat on the back, a hug, to spending them to four games. All right, so it got blown. Once again, we look at the worst-case scenario. It got blown out of proportion. Uh, the, the president saying what he said, it's not in the contract that any NFL player has to stand. It's not that not yet. Maybe one day it will be now, but it's not there now. So he's wrong on that. So they can't suspend a player for that. People forget, Corey, you know, 20 years ago, I forget how long, exactly how long, it might, it might be 15, players didn't even come out for the national anthem. Exactly. This is a new thing in the NFL where players come out. Why not? If I'm the NFL, why not just go back to that then? Keep, the play, keep all the players in the locker room. You know, it, I, 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 don't want, I have no problem with the players. Uh, I don't like sitting for the national anthem, but kneeling mm. doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. You know, I, I, sitting bothers me a little bit, but kneeling, you fist, I don't, that's fine. We kneel in church. You know, you can't, uh, it doesn't bother me at all. You know, and one thing it's always, uh, I've always found kind of strange. You know, why do we sing the national anthem before games? Why? That's interesting. Did you sing the national anthem before you go into the studio today, Corey? No, I did not. <laughs> did I come down with a tape recording? Oh, say can. I mean, why is it done before a sporting event? Really, why? And I'm as patriotic as, as anybody. You know, I'm, I'm from a military family. Uh, but I don't see the oh, – I never understood why. This really came down to baseball games because they always sing the national anthem before the baseball game. You know, I never understood why we do it before a game. Really, I don't, I don't get the point of it. Why just a game? Why not when you and I go to work? Why not when my wife goes to work? I mean, so it's kind of strange to me anyway. But in my mind, the NFL keeps putting their foot in their mouth. They keep screwing this up. And if I, at this point, I would just say, you know what? Yeah, I, I, you're going to do it. Every, the old squad is still going to do it. But all the players stay in the locker room. And we're going to do it like we did 20 years ago. You come it, out after that, and away we go. It's gone from what it was initially uh, meant to be by Colin Kaepernick and been twisted and turned and used so many ways. I think that's the only guy right now that can come out and fix it and get some kind of clarity and kind of get this off the table is Colin Kaepernick, but he's not, he does not speak into microphones. I think you can only interview him written, and, and you know, he has to look over it and stuff like that. He, I think he obviously understands what could be you know, his place in history years from down the line. He'll obviously be somebody that's talked about as an activist and stuff like that um, for what he did at, during this time. But then he, the NFL can't really get him to step in and do something about it because he's got him in court. Yeah, he, uh, they, that's, obviously they all have to lawyer speak there. They have to watch what they're doing there. Uh, it's, just, it's a strange thing. Like I say, it, this is really – and the, the original message, which was the right one, it's gotten all blown out of proportion. Now everyone's using it for their own. Uh, exactly uh, for the, everybody's using it for their own for their own for right. their own thing now. Yep. Which is what we see in the society, right? We everybody we take something that was meant to go one way, and everybody just you know screws it around to, to benefit them. How does it benefit me? Now, I me society. That's the way it is. Uh, like I said, I, I think it's I, it's gotten the NFL has mishandled this badly. You know, which is not shocking, right? They mishandle everything badly. Well, there's really nothing new there. Yeah. Dollar industry. 
right? They can hire the best PR people, the best pe- best minds, if they keep screwing this up. They keep screwing the DV stuff up, you know, domestic violence. It's just over and over again they make the same mistakes. I mean, is it because the, all these owners are old white men? I mean, really, is that what it is that they just don't get? It? They're out of touch, you know? Is it all, or is it really what I think it is? It's all about money. That's all that all matters to these guys. Money, 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 money. And if the sponsors are getting a little edgy, you know, they're getting on you, that's money. Money talks. And that's why the owners try to put the kibosh on this or at least calm it down because they don't want to upset the sponsors. You know, I think we all forget that, which in some ways affects the players as well. Obviously, if the NFL owners aren't getting paid, well, then the players aren't getting paid. You know, but uh, I guess that I think uh, I think the original message was correct. I had no really no no issues with it at all, as long as they were kneeling, not sitting. I I don't like the sitting thing. Uh-huh. But the kneeling thing, I didn't, I didn't have. We kneel in church, Corey. Now I don't go to church all that often, but when I'm there, I kneel. Kneeling is actually a form of of do. being respectful. Kneeling. Right. So why why do people get upset because when they're kneeling for the national anthem? I I don't understand that. Yeah, it's 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 like you said, it's gotten hijacked. It's going so many different ways now. So. The situation has gotten well beyond proportion, and it's going to only get ugly this year because this year to be used as a political prop in the year where you have a midterm election. So um, it's going to continue to happen. But do you know anybody who is not playing fantasy football in some form of protest to the NFL? No, I don't. But I have, I have a, good, a good friend who's uh, not in the industry, but he's very knowledgeable about sports. And he swears to me, he does, uh, that he knows uh, several of his friends who don't follow it as much anymore. I, I've doubted him on this, but I guess if you're a casual fan, you know, casual, not obviously not someone like you and I, but casual, I guess I could see it. And most of the guys I hang out with are, you know, as crazy as I am. We love football, you know, so I don't know anybody personally, but I, I do know somebody who swears, swears that they, uh, he does. And that's, it's a few people, but I don't know to the, I don't know to the degree of fan that they were before this. My home league lost a member. And as, as a guy said that, um, you know, that he wasn't going to play as long as Conley Kaepernick wasn't in the NFL. He was giving up the NFL and giving up fantasy football. And I was like, what? Are you are you kidding me? Are you effing serious? You know what I mean? And then he was like, no, he was dead serious. And I was like, oh, okay, well, listen, that's your stand. I respect that. I, I, here's the thing. The TV numbers have gone down in scale, but for the most part, they're still the highest numbers in sports by a long shot. Um. Obviously, we're getting our information and, and our entertainment differently nowadays, so that may also well have something to do with it, probably more so than people worried about the national anthem. Um, other than that, you know, I got a very close friend of mine who is strongly considering it this year, especially since he saw his Philadelphia Eagles win the Super Bowl. Uh, he does some, some arbitration-type work, and he's like, and that, the national anthem thing is one thing, and that controversy... But him being a guy that does work in like, you know, on sports contracts and arbitrations and stuff like that, he's like, man, the NFL is a blood sport. Like, they're out there killing these dudes for, for next to nothing. It's true. We just heard what, uh, we saw that the Green Bay Packers, uh, each team was handed, I think, a $255 million check. I think that's for the, uh, the TV contracts. Just the TV contracts. Mm-hmm. The salary cap is, what, $180 million, Corey? Somewhere yeah. around there? So you think about that. <clears throat> that means the team has got six, 60, 70 million before we count all the other revenue yeah. that they're making. I mean, the players And, that, and, no, and George, that's the small market Green Bay Packers. Don't get me wrong. The Packers are a big brand. I'm quite sure their merchandise does well. But that's one of the smallest markets in the NFL. Right. How much are the Cowboys making? They, I mean, they, I mean, they bring you back up the, the truck. Prince money. 
Yes. <laughs> right, the NFL prints money. How much did the Carolina Panthers just get sold for? Over two over two billion dollars? I mean, Eight billion, suppose it? Right. Two. No one's buying that unless they know they're gonna make that money up. Yep, exactly. I mean, it's crazy. Another small crazy market. Crazy mm-hmm. the amount of money. Right. Right. <laughs> right. We're, that's, that's what were the Cowboys if the Cowboys came on if Jerry Jones were to sell the Cowboys, I know I couldn't be that lucky. But if he was what would they go for? I think with, after that after that evaluation of the other Panthers, I think somebody did a study on the evaluation of the Cowboys. It would be four to five billion dollars if the Dallas Cowboys, New York Yankees, were to sell. I mean, it's it's crazy the amount of money. That's why, you know, when it comes to football players, I don't begrudge them the money. I just don't. Once again, I know I'm, I'm dating ourselves here, but we grew up watching Earl Campbell. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite players. I mean, and I'm a Cowboy fan, but watching Earl Campbell back in the day, because you, you didn't get to see him all that much. Love your no blue. TV, folks. Love your blue, and that stupid song they had. And the Houston Oil. Oh, God. <laughs> but uh, and my, friend, my best friend was a Houston Oil fan. But Earl Campbell, for anybody who doesn't know Earl Campbell, was a big bruising back who went through people. I mean, he was, uh, he was dragging people along with him when he was running the ball. It was a great sight to watch. But now, the man can't walk. I mean, he, he can't, he's, he's a shell of his former self. It's, it's sad when you see players like this. Football is a brutal sport. So that's why the, the, these players deserve the money they get. They truly do. Maybe not the quarterbacks. You know, they're not taking the hits, certainly not in this day and age uh, that they did back then. You look, look at what, court, what Terry Bradshaw had to go through back in the day or Roger Starback. is completely different than what they go through today. But these running backs, you know, the linemen who are getting into car crashes every play, yeah, they deserve the money they get, and they deserve more than the money they get. Yeah, no doubt about it. I believe you 100% on that, uh, George. So you got a situation right there in the NFL. This, they got, we, we keep coming back, though, but this is a league that definitely does have issues as it seems like they are pushing closer and closer to a work stoppage in 2020. Um, back on this Chicago Bear thing, George, is Kevin White ever going to be a thing, or is it, or is it safe to uh, say, you know, yeah, if, yeah, they 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 screwed up. I can't see. Right? What's the most important ability in uh, in professional sports? Availability. Availability, and he ain't got it. Right, he keeps getting hurt here. Now you have Allen Robinson, you know. So you know, you know he's the number one. You put in Trey Burton, and I, I like Trey Burton a whole lot. So I think he's going to be a big part of that offense. You already know about Tariq Cohen. You know how much uh, the catches he's going to make out of the backfield there. You draft a rookie, right? You draft the rookie Anthony Miller. You bring in Taylor Gabriel. Oh, Corey, where, where's the playing time for uh, Kevin White? Assuming everybody's healthy. I mean, I think the man has talent. I do. But I think the team's – and it's a new coaching staff, too. So it's not even the staff that drafted him. You know, they have, they have no allegiance to him. You know, right now he's got to prove it. Uh, fantasy leagues, like the 14-team league we just did, he wasn't drafted. Mm. You know, I don't even think he came close to being drafted. So uh, I don't know where he went in the Scott Fishbowl in your league. Uh, and I have no idea where he went in mine, but he's not on my team. So bottom line is this. I think he does have talent, but he's the guy. He's the definition of the guy you might pick up in week one as that hot wave of wire guy because he has a big week one. Yeah, and even at that point, I think, I think, I think it's tough. I think it's difficult because you can't trust the dude at all. Um, and the good, the news it's never good news when it comes to him. But Taylor Gabriel, though, is somebody I'm willing to put a dollar on later on in the draft as, you know, a slot option. I think he's a player that can get involved. I think, George, I think you be. I think if you have him throughout the course of the bye weeks, Gabriel I'm talking about is going to be like, hmm, you know what? I'm glad I picked this dude up. I think you put it once again. I think you put it perfectly. You are on the same wave with a lot of these. A dollar. You're late 14th round. 
once again, uh, mud against the wall type. Maybe he sticks, maybe he doesn't. Yeah, people get all, uh, they think too much about these uh, these last couple of picks. Oh, who am I going to get? He's got to be someone to help my team. No, I actually want higher upside guys. I want guys who I realize are a chance. I'm fully aware that they, they might bust out, and I'll have to move on to somebody else, but I want to take chances on somebody. Gabriel's a good chance. He's an explosive player, and if they are going to throw the ball more down the field, he can make some big plays. So he can be a guy that pays off for you. And like I said, if, in auction, if you're spending a dollar or a 14th round pick, it's not like you spent that much. You know, it's not like you wasted valuable draft currency. You didn't waste an eighth round pick. You didn't spend twelve, fourteen, twenty dollars on the man. So you're okay here. So yeah, Gabriel's another guy that I don't mind taking a shot at and seeing if he can pay off. All right, and you go right there. Fancy football frenzy, FNTSY Radio, Fantasy Executive Corey Parson, George Kurtz. We do it each and every single weekend as we get you closer and closer to kickoff of 2018. Obviously, once the game kickoffs, you'll have a brand new schedule of Sunday live action. So been hearing some of the pieces on the ins and outs of what we're going to be doing on Sunday. So it's time to start getting hyped and excited about the actual football season in 2018 and what we got coming up for you at FNTSY Radio. Coming up on the other side, though, I want to break down a player that George mentioned in this last segment. That is Troy, Trey Burton, excuse me. Discuss him and what he can do for fantasy owners in the upcoming season. It's the Frenzy Weekend Edition. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Love you, Blue. <laughs> Shout out to my man, Sean Angle, downstairs on the fourth floor in the fantasy pit of misery. Love you, Blue, the Houston Oilers. Oh, those were the good old days, George. You know, this song is now going to be in my head all day, Mr. Angle. Okay. All day. All I'm going to hear is Love You, Blue, and Houston Oilers. Houston on. Oh, God, I, I remember that song. I don't know why that song stuck in my head all these years. We got to hear it to Sean, though. I'll, I'll give him. He pays attention. He, he pulls out crap. I would have never thought he could have found that song. There you go right there. He was able to uh, pick that up and, and, and dig that out. Right quick, uh, back to the circle, back to the breaking news from earlier to, uh, today. Vikings offensive line coach Tony Sperano dies at age 56. Sperano grew up in Connecticut, played college football at the University of New Haven, and then began his coaching career as an assistant at his alma mater in 1984. He later became a head coach at New Haven in 1994 and stayed there three, uh, excuse me, five seasons, including taking a team to the NCAA Division II championship game in 1997. From there, Sperano became an assistant in Cleveland, then Washington, Jacksonville, and Dallas. He was hired by his longtime friend and boss, Bill Parcells to be the Dolphins head coach in 2008. In his first season as head coach, Rhino engineered an incredible turnaround, taking a Dolphin team that had gone 1-15 the year before and going to the playoffs with an 11-5 record. However, Toronto never again had a winning record in three or more seasons with the Dolphins and one partial season as an interim coach with the Raiders. He is survived by his wife, three, uh, three children, and four grandchildren. Like I said earlier, definitely thoughts and prayers go out to 
the Minnesota Viking family as well as the Sperano family. Hey, um, George, with Tiger Woods, uh, look like he could be in the mix. Are you are you into this thing this afternoon? I'm following it on Twitter. Uh, so yes, I uh, I'm a golfer. I do like to play golf. I generally don't follow golf. You know, not all that much. I uh, I do find it a little slow on TV. But uh, I am following. I want Tiger because Corey in all sports. I like kind of like the, the greats to be great. You know, I think it's there, and it's more intrigue, more intrigue, intrigue, more drama to it. So I hope Tiger gets back to the player he used to be. I don't think he ever will, but it'd be nice to see him at least be in contention later on today for the title. Yeah, if he can get a chance to maybe even, um, you know, make it a little bit interesting, definitely good for golf. And you always want to see a story like this. Um, obviously his fall from grace. A lot of times, a lot of it was self-inflicted. But um, definitely a good story if Tiger Woods can go out there and get this done. So something to keep an eye on today as we uh, talk a little fancy football with you here on FNTSY Radio. You know, George, everybody likes Trey Burton. So, you know, the, the work he did last year at Philadelphia, he gained a lot of uh, respect and admiration in our NFL fantasy circles because, you know, when you play a guy and he hits, fantasy owners like that. This year he gets his opportunity in Chicago with the Bears. So many things about this offense we like. They went and got him as a free agent. But everybody is talking about him. And I'm like, okay, this is the one to one to two things. He's going to be um hard to he's going to be overdrafted on draft day or he's going to be a complete bust. So Trey Burton. All other eleven guys in your league got their eye on Trey Burton, George. You know this, right? He's not a sleeper. Anyone thinks he's a sleeper, he's not. Tight end is pretty weak. I mean, when you think Extremely about it. Extremely weak this you know, year. Right. You got Gronk, Kelsey, Ertz, Olsen, Engram, Walker, Graham. I'll throw Rudolph in here. Evan, oh, you said Engram, yeah. Mm-hmm. I said Engram. I love Engram. Uh, but I'll, those are your top eight, right? You know, pretty much. And whatever, what do you want to put him in? Yep, those are the guys. That. Right. I mean, so, yeah, 12-team league. Now we need four of the tight ends here. You know, no one wants to touch Jordan Reed because he can't stay healthy. Todd Eifert's in the same boat. You know, I guess Jack Doyle now is more interesting, but you already said it earlier. Eric Ebron's there now. So is he going to take away some touches? You know, so uh, there's some issues here as far as tight ends later in the draft. Do you want to get stuck with Charles Clay? You know, I like David Njoku. He's someone I might. George Kittle. Everyone's talking about him as well. You know, so I like Trey Burton a lot. I like what we saw last year at Philadelphia. Uh, yes, uh, they had Zach Gertz, so no one's really paying attention to Burton. I get it. I do. But uh, as a Cowboy fan, I wonder this. If Dallas would have known for sure that Jason Witt was going to retire, I wonder if they would have signed him. Because I think he'd have been a good pickup for the Cowboys. I think they definitely would have been in on the conversation if if that was the case. Um, you know, it's, it obviously is difficult now with no tight ends out there waiting in the Monday Night Football booth. I do think Dallas would have been involved in that free agency. They said they were involved in Sammy Watkins. I don't believe that, but um, I do think that um. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how that situation shakes out in, in Big D with that tight end. Trey Burton, listen, if you got to go around early, if you really like him, I don't mind it. It's going to be hard to find your guys after that like because you don't know what's going to happen with some of these teams. You know, it, it's just tough. Tight end is tough, is tough this year. Is it tough enough to me to pay for one early? Hell no. So I'll figure it out off the waiver wire. I'll figure it out out the back end of the draft, and that's how we're going to play, at least how I'm going to play the tight end. Uh, game this upcoming season, George, and if I'm not mistaken, you're probably going to play it the same way. Yeah, I generally wait on tight ends as well. Uh, it's just something I believe in, as uh, like as you just said here. Maybe a little earlier than I normally would. There's some years, I mean, round 9, round 10, I may have to adjust that to round 7, round 8 because 
of the uh, the lack of tight end depth here. I want to make sure. I said I have no problem putting Burton as my number nine, but after that, I get a little scary. You know, I don't want to get stuck at ten of the last three tight ends. You know, it's just not my. It's all guessing game to me, and it probably means that I have to draft two tight ends. Something I really dislike doing. Yeah, and I don't. I don't see George Kurtz being a two tight end on the roster guy. Uh, if, if if I catch one of the Ertz, and if I'm in an auction, and if I catch like a, a Ertz, maybe an Ingram under that fifteen, sitting there under fifteen dollars, I'll pull the trigger on that. That's more than likely not going to happen though, especially in the case of Zach Ertz. So, um, I, I you know it, I'll have to figure it out. Speaking of figuring it out, you got NFL teams that got to figure it out at tight end. Dallas Cowboys being one of those teams. Also, the injury to Hunter Henry have left the San Diego Chargers kind of thin at the tight end position. Um, a lot of the rumors are that they'll get Antonio Gates to come back for one more season year or uh, year. That has not happened as of yet, but it's obviously something that they've admitted that they're talking about out there in Los Angeles with the Chargers. What do you think about Gates? If he comes back into your draft, you know what? He might have a couple of touchdowns this season. I'm surprised this hasn't happened already. I think this is a. Uh, I think it's going to happen. Yeah, I, assuming Gates is in uh, in shape. I wonder if he's like, uh, you know what? I just don't want to. Uh, I don't want to show up to camp. You know, maybe I don't want to show up the first couple of weeks of camp. And I wonder if that's what's going on here. That's why he's not signing because this makes too much sense. Chargers are a good team. They lost Hunter Henry. Philip Rivers loves Gates. So I think this makes too much sense not to happen. I would be surprised here. He's a guy where if you waited forever on a tight end. You know, let's say you ended up well, with Charles Clay. You know, you just, things didn't work out for you. Your last-round pick, I wouldn't mind you taking Gates. Take a flyer. You can always get rid of him anyway if he doesn't sign in. You sign somebody else. But if Gates signs there, I said I wouldn't be – I don't think he's, he's not going to play every down. But six to eight touchdowns, I'd be surprised if he can't reel, reel those in. Like I said, this is a really good Chargers team. No, the Chargers are good. Um, they're, 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 they are a, a, a popular team, a, a heavy favorite in Las Vegas circles. Vegas loves them. A lot of people got this team going to the Super Bowl this year. I'd pump the brakes on that. That AFC West is still a tough division, so it's going to be hard to get those home playoff games uh, come January. But um, I, I think, I listen, I, the, 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 what people say about the roster is spot on. It's just the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to have something to say about that, I think. Oh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun division. And we'll see what Gruden can do in Oakland, too, right? See if he can be that quarterback whisperer to get Carr back in shape there, although I, I don't expect him to really compete this season. But you're right, uh, Denver, I like what they've done, and you certainly the Chiefs are going to be there. But once again, rookie quarterback, Mahomes, let's see if he, uh, if they, uh, the grass is greener on the other side with Mahomes over Alex Smith here. You know, I, I think uh, Mahomes is going to be fine there, but you know, I think Casey has some issues here. Defense isn't as strong as it used to be either. Uh, yeah, true. They did. They did lose some pieces. So interesting. Maybe that's why people are so are so are heavily favored on them. Is that one of the over unders that you uh put down when you was out there in Vegas? No, that wasn't one of the over unders uh, I put out there. I didn't uh, didn't even think about it though. But I do think the Chargers win that division. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Chargers this year. I think they finally got a kicker. Right? If they mm-hmm. really had a kicker last year. They made the damn playoffs. And I think uh I think the Chargers are gonna win that division. I have the Chargers one, KC two, Denver three. Mm-hmm. All right. Chargers one, KC two, Denver three, obviously Oakland four. Yeah, I, I think they're the. Uh, I, I don't think they're a bad team. I don't think they're a four and 12 team, but I think there's work that needs to be done there. And I think, really, for me, Corey, uh, listen, with any NFL team, first thing I look at is the quarterback. And I think the jury's still out on Carr. Really, one good season, one bad season. Why the bad season? I know the offensive line didn't play as well as we thought last year. I know that. I know Amari Cooper dropped a lot of balls here. 
Uh, Marshawn Lynch got up to a slow start, played better in the second half here. Maybe Gruden gets that all back together, and I prefer Gruden much more as a coach than I do as an announcer, so I'm sort of rooting for the really? man. But I think it might take him a year. I hate I, As an announcer, you're great. Everybody was great, Corey. Everybody and their mother was great. He had a hard time criticizing people. You know, I think it's always because he knew he was going to get back in the game. He didn't want to burn any bridges here. As an announcer, he just drove me crazy. I, I wouldn't watch. I would listen to the uh, the broadcast. It would, the, uh, I, I mean, I, I thought he was pretty. Do- I thought he was pretty good. Full disclosure, uh, I thought just, he was pretty good. No, I mean, I, I like the man. I do. I like his excitement, his energy. He has a truckload of that. But uh, I, I'd always prefer someone like Chris Collinsworth who has no problem getting on somebody. And to me, it always seemed like Gruden didn't want to burn any bridges. And like you said, that could be because he was trying to get back in the game. 844-843-6879, telephone number to get involved. Um, Sony Michelle signed his deal this week. Michelle has been compared to Kamara in a lot of circles. Our guy from the, uh, the college football show, Joe Lisi, he always says that um, the two of them are very similar Skill set to Alvin Kamara and Sony Michelle. We saw Michelle uh, play great down the stretch for his Georgia Bulldogs. Obviously, the Georgia Bulldogs come with a lineage at running back, but he's going to be one of these guys. George, are you going to? I think like the Tariq Cohen and the Chris Thompson putting there. You got James White in that backfield too, along with Jeremy Hill and Rex Burkhead with him. Also, there's been reports that the Patriots are going to use him uh, as their number one guy in the running game. They put the draft pick up to went out there and go get him. I think that's one of those things I got to see it to believe it, but I am willing to take a gamble on Michelle. And and, and about you know, if I if I if I'm going out with twelve redrafts, I don't mind Tony Michelle on three of them. I think uh, you have told me what round we're taking him in here. Uh, six to be, uh, for this. Six. I, I'm probably okay. You, you said three out of twelve, so that's a quarter. That that's fine. Okay. You know, I don't want to overload myself really on any New England running back. You know, it comes. It's it's always this with New England. Bill Belichick cares about one thing and one thing only, winning games. And which and he's got all these running backs. You know, everybody on the roster, you can make an argument, could play or could be a starter or should be uh, given more touches this week over the next guy. Michelle, Burkhead, White. Uh, well, I'm probably not going to go down as far as Hill, Gillis, Lee, and Bolden. But uh, Bill is going to – or Josh McDaniels, they're going to have a game plan. And this week, oh, it's Michelle's week. He, he matches up well. Next week, it's Burkhead. We get to that. No, no, we're throwing the ball out of the backfield to White. You just don't know. And I don't like playing that guessing game week in and week out. So the value for, with any, any New England running back has to be there for me. And generally, it, it's, just, it's always banging in the back of my head. You're going to pay for it. You're going to pay for it. You're, you're going to be unhappy. This, this week, he's going to get two touches, and you started him. And you know what? In the end, I, I, I generally go in a different direction. All right. There you go right there. I'm just reading the report right now. Jordan Howard. Headline says, Jordan Howard works to improve his pass catching. Fantasy football community is going to go crazy over that, especially my PPR folks, as you know how we all get down. You know what I mean? These, these, George, these headlines that come out this time of year, I mean, they swing ADP so much. Yeah, they do, because people overreacted. This is why I made the statement earlier in the, uh, in the program. How can you tell when a coach is lying? His lips move. It's nice to get the information, but so hard to know if it's true or just coach speak. You know, it's, these coaches are smart. You know, they know sometimes that to motivate the player, they got to do it through the media. You know, so they say things to get the players to, or player, players to perform. And even though they know it's not going to happen, 
that they, you know, they're gonna use, they want they want to act and practice hard, practice catching the ball, whatever it might be. But they're really not going to use them in that situation. At least not all that often. They have somebody better. So I think you always have to take it with a grain of salt. But you're right. At this point, the ADP is going to fly it. Oh, all of a sudden, Howard's going to catch 40 balls. He's a first round pick. And so we overreact to things. And uh, I think sometimes we need to take a step back and realize, like in Chicago's case, there is such a very good pass catching back. One of the best, the best in the NFL, and Terry Cohen. This man has to play. You know, and and this and I, I this doesn't I don't panic about this, Corey. So many people do. I mean, yes, we all want the Ezekiel Elliott's, Bells, Johnsons, Kamara's, Barkley's guys who are going to touch the ball. Maybe not Kamara, but they're going to touch the ball a majority of the time for their team. But most teams, the other twenty-six teams, have some kind of split. So we shouldn't panic about that. This is why that Ezekiel Elliott will go first, second, third overall. Everybody else gets lumped in. I don't panic about that. You know, you know these guys, the Thompsons, Geos, are probably not going to be the touchdowns guys. We're all in the same boat here, you know, so I don't panic too much. There's so many teams that have the same problem here. This is why you load up on running backs. This is why you take so many extra running backs on your draft so you can cover yourself during the year. No, I agree with you on that. So, um, you know, because – and then running backs, they fly off the waiver wire too. It's so expensive to get on the waiver wire, especially if you run a fab system because everybody's going after the same said player as soon as they pop. They get a big bump. What do you, you, you have any interest in the running game and – um? With the Green Bay Packers? Well, they're another team, right? I found I mean, it difficult, man. Right. And I think I did take Ty Montgomery in the Rotowire draft now that I remember. But the value was there. I don't mind that. But I'm about to say I know that's problem. a value play. I don't mind that at all. But here's the problem, all right? You got three guys there. I know Aaron Jones is out with suspension. All right? So maybe that, that takes him out of the run here. I wouldn't draft Aaron Jones because he'll be behind everybody else. Plus, he's going to miss a couple of games. Ty Montgomery, I, I thought, I don't know what you thought, Corey, but I really thought that he would be moved back to receiver when Jordy Nelson left. I did, too. Yeah, you got Jamal Williams, you have Aaron Jones. But I wonder this. Is the reason they didn't because of the Jones suspension? Could and be. That's why, because they need depth there now. You know, and when Jones comes back, does that mean they're going to move Ty Montgomery out there? Maybe yes, but probably no. But it's in the back of my mind that, well, maybe. I mean, Jones only got two games. So it's, it would seem to be logical thinking, well, you only got two games. You do have a backup running back on the roster. If you wanted to move Ty Montgomery, you would have wanted him out as a wide receiver. You would have had him there all camp. So I don't think that he's moving there. I do think he'll be a running back, but still, I don't think he's the goal line guy. I think he's more the pass catcher out of the backfield. I think he's closer to the, you know, Tariq Cohen, Gio Bernard type than, you know, a first, second down guy. But I think he's, he'll be used more than that. So I think it's one. It's a smorgasbord there. I think it could be the hot guy. But with Aaron Rodgers back, the reason I like Montgomery is we know they're going to throw the ball. We just know they're going to throw the ball, which means Montgomery should catch his more than his fair share of passes out of the backfield. Yeah, not, no, and that, and that's the thing about it is, um, George, you know that that's going to happen right there. So, um, interesting. Listen, I like the, if I I'm in love with Devontae Adams this year. So I'm if, as long as I get Devontae Adams in a couple of places with some money attached to it. Uh, that's going to be kind of my, you know, my, uh, my, uh, you know, what I do with the Green Bay Packer offense. I may go Aaron Rodgers at some point just to switch it up and take, you know, the top quarterback and see how it is to play with that guy. Other than that, though, um, it, it's status quo with Green Bay. I think you know exactly what it is. It's going to be tough to uh, break those, those running back down uh, also. So I pull out the auction board, um, and I'm going to go over some of the top prices with you, and that's how we'll f- uh, shut it down, George. You cool with that? I'm cool. I got my pen and paper ready. 844-846-879. Get your pen and paper ready. Also, when we come back, we'll close it down, talking some auctions. It's the Fantasy Football Frenzy Weekend Edition. 
Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source 24 hours a day. Final segment of the program, final segment of the weekend, 844-843-6879. is a good time to get involved. The exec and George Kurtz, FNTSY Radio, Fantasy Football Frenzy. Well, California love. Shout out to Sean Angle in the Fantasy Pit of Misery getting it done. Always have a good time when Sean is on the ones and twos. Uh, can we do this by player, by winning amount? Uh, position. Okay, so let's go. I'm gonna start with a funny one first. Position. So let's go by position. Winning bid. No, no, no. All right. Uh, this is hard to describe. This is hard to do, George. To be honest with you. Detailed results by player name. Right. So let's go by position. And then it just. And then you go here, and it gives me all the quarterbacks. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you're trying to figure this out. <laughs> did you go into this auction, Corey, with any set strategy? I mean, did you go going? I'm only spending a dollar or two on a quarterback or a tight end or whatever it is. Any set strategy did you go into the draft with? Yeah, I always try to go into a draft with the with the thought process of I try to map out the players I want and and go and get them. I knew I wanted to get one of the top. I knew I wanted one of those running backs that were going in the first round. I was going to pay for them. Then I was going to get a couple of those wide receivers on that in that uh, third, fourth round range. So basically, I was trying to put it together as a running back, running back start, and then find the values everywhere else. And I wasn't really going to pay nothing for a quarterback. or, or you know, I wasn't going to pay nothing for a quarterback. I just wasn't going to pay for those um, players like that. You know, the quarterbacks and stuff like that, I think you can get those guys kind of cheap. And that kind of how it is, what it went. All right, so we had one, two, three, four sixty-dollar players. Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, and David Johnson all went for sixty dollars. I gotta tell you, I'm surprised it went for uh, that little. I, I, I would have thought uh, is this a two hundred dollar buy in twelve team league? Or was this a fourteen? Fourteen team league, two hundred dollar. I'm even more, even more surprised now mm-hmm. that they would go for that. I mean. I would definitely have one. I might have two. Uh, probably not two, but uh, I would definitely have one of those guys. I was thinking more in a 14 league. You might even get $70, $72 on these guys. I mean, I've seen in a 12 team league, I mean, once again, it's outliers, but uh, a, quarter, a top running back to go for 80. You know, it's wow. rare, but it happens here. The guy you got for 60, uh, well, that guy's got a 16 year league, and you got Kamara for 45, was it? 49. 49. To me, that's pretty much a bargain. That's what, and that's exactly what I was looking for. So let me let me let me break it down. And so after that, Antonio Brown goes fifty nine. Saquon Barkley goes fifty six. Dalvin Cook goes fifty three. 
Julio Jones goes 51. Hopkins goes 50. Odell goes 49. I get Kamara at 49. Melvin Gordon goes 47. Kareem Hunt goes 45. Kareem Hunt could be the guy that is the uh, eventually. Kareem Hunt could be the guy that is the value. Yeah, he's a he's extreme value as well. It's it's funny how uh, usually even though it's a you know a snake draft, obviously best player is going to go in order. It doesn't always happen in an auction, but it seems to happen here as well. We pretty much went right down the line here. Usually an auction, it really depends on when a player is thrown out, unless guys are throwing out plays in the exact order that they should be. So uh, I'm a little surprised here, and I, I also wonder this. Because you did a slow auction, I wonder if that changes things up a little bit from an actual auction. Because how many plays are thrown out at once in this slow auction? Uh, so you got 14. What's 14 times 3? 42. There you go. You got 42 on the board. Ah, so I wonder if that changes things around a little bit. If that's uh, why these prices are more in line than as far as in order, uh, almost in draft order. They go, you know, they go in a 50, 49, 49 plays. Pretty much you how you draft them in a snake draft league here. Uh, I don't think that really makes up for uh, the price being cheap. I don't think that one thing has a, has to do with the other here. I uh, that's the thing, biggest thing I can't get over right now is that all four of those running backs only went for 60. Kamara 45. Why have is uh, just a, I have another six overall. Hunt seven. Uh, those are, are the biggest bargains for me, Kamara and Hunt. What do you think of the $56 Saquon Barkley? That more or less puts him as the running back. That's your guy. At the, he's have, so, have, so, so more or less, five. he's the guy at five. Right, I have at five. So once again, that's, that's why I find it funny. Yeah. The top four went for 60. Barkley, who I have at five, went to 56. Then Kamara, who I have at six, went 49. Hunt, next 45. It went in exact order. Uh, Gordon went for 47. I, I have Gordon actually behind Hunt. Okay, I can see that. Then, and, you know, and like you said, it, it does kind of dip in order with Hunt being the, the value. Then you get Devontae Adams at 42, Doug Baldwin at 40, Mike Evans at 40. I think that Baldwin and Evans, that could, I, I could see it at 40. That's about right. A.J. Green goes 38. Jordan Howard goes 36. I get Christian McCaffrey at 36. I mean, uh, Evans at 40. Probably scares me a little bit what's going on in Tampa Bay. I, I can agree with that. Of, I'm not afraid to draft James Winston, by the way. I've actually been trying to draft him, you know, get him late for whatever cheap, and then you draft another quarterback for the first three three weeks. <laughs> I, tried, I think I did. The problem that is, that I, I like that strategy too. The problem is they have their buy in week five. Yeah, but still, everybody's got a buy. Nah, so you really, you're really losing him the first six weeks. But even, well, you can look at it this way. I'll, be the, I'll take the optimistic viewpoint here. He's out for the first three, right? So yeah. now he gets two, more, two, two, three more weeks of practice before he really starts for him. Because there's no guarantee when Winston comes back in week four he's going to take off. You don't know what the hell he's been doing while he's uh, been away from the team for three weeks. So maybe that buy allows him to, uh, maybe week four you still don't want to start him, uh, depending on who your other quarterback is. Week five, you know he's out. And then he starts fresh in week six. That's really his week one. Coming off the bar, he has a week and two weeks of practice, at least two, probably three. You know, so I, I think uh, I kind of like it in this way that he'll have that week off. I get where you're going. You're really losing your starting quarterback now for five weeks. You know, and the last thing you want to do is start off one and four or something silly like that. But quarterback is deep. If you draft Winston, you should still be able to draft a pretty solid quarterback. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Man, so I, I think I'm okay with this. But Evans, $40, and he's got the same problem now. Fitzpatrick throwing on the ball. He, I, I probably worry more about a position player because I can't replace Evans. He has to start for me. I can replace Winston and still be okay. So Evans, 
I don't think I, I wouldn't spend the money on Evans. I'd much rather have AJ at 38. Uh, I'd even pay for Devontae Adams easily at 42, who I'm in love with this year, but I can't grab any lead because he keeps going. I think I'd rather have almost any of the other wide receivers over Evans. What do you think of my $36 Christian McCaffrey buy? Uh, I mean, price-wise, I'm okay with it. 36 is fine. McCaffrey scares me a little bit. I liked him a whole lot more before C.J. Anderson got there. You know, you know Cam's stealing touchdowns. Now C.J. Anderson's going to be running the ball between the tackles. It's the touchdowns. I know he's going to catch a truckload of passes. There's no doubt about that. But how many touchdowns is he getting? How, once again, how many 12-yard touchdowns is he going to catch? That's always going to be an issue for me. I, you know, I think the upside for him would be eight. That's the upside. I'm probably looking at him. If I was going to set an over-under, if I was going to bet an over-under, I would have bet it at more like six, six and a half. All right, and you go right there. Um, I get McCaffrey at 36. Then we see Devontae Freeman at 35. I come back. I get a $35 T.Y. Hilton as my wide receiver one. Now, you know I love it. I love T.Y. Yeah. I would have, I'd have him in this league too then because I would have bought it easily at 35. Yeah, I would have thought that was a huge bargain. When did this draft happen? Uh, over the course of the last seven days. All right, so uh, the, the Luck News is not out yet. Time? No, uh-uh. Luck, all right, so his price probably goes up. If you draft, he's going this weekend, his, probably, his price probably goes up 10 20% to the uh, probably the high 30s, low 40s. So you did get a bargain there. Uh, I'm in love with T.Y. I'm going to have him on way too many teams. The Adam Thielen goes for 34, and then we get the second rookie running back to go off the board. It is Rashad Penny at 34. The Thielen scale you any, uh, at all this season? Who? Thielen. I mean, if he doesn't, I mean, he's, he's high. He should cost more than $34 in a, in, a, in a 14-team auction. I agree with you on that. You just don't know who's going to be Kirk Cousins' guy. I got a feeling, though, it's hard to look away from Adam Thielen. <laughs> I think, but you said it there. I mean, uh, they're going to have Dalvin Cook back, so they're not going to need to throw the ball as much. Stefan Diggs is still there. You got Kyle Rudolph. And it is, you know, Kirk Cousins, is he going to have that, that rapport that uh, Case Keenum had? So I'm a, I'm a little afraid. A little bit. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't draft him, but I'm a little afraid. All right, Rashad Penny. $34 Rashad uh, Penny is the second rookie running back to go off the board. Barkley, obviously, being number one. Uh, I mean, I have real doubts about Seattle. It's, I mean, all over the place in Seattle. What's going on here? I don't trust the passing offense now. You got Baldwin and nobody else. I mean, Jimmy Graham's gone. But the, you know, I don't trust Tyler Lockett. They really do much of anything. Uh, the offensive line is below average, and that may be being kind. You know, I think this team is still going to rely on Russell Wilson. I understand Penny's a big man, and that's good because he's going to need to be his own blocker and may have the first guy bounce off from whatever it is. Uh, every, t- what, every touchdown but one last year was attributed to Russell Wilson, which is incredible, just incredible. So I, I don't think it'll be that way this year. As far as the rookie running backs, I don't think he would have been my second choice. No, it, um, clearly not. The third rookie running back to go off the board is a $33 Ronald Jones. Well, we, we, we've already been poo-pooed the uh, Tampa Bay, right? No Winston that the Abbots might struggle here. I don't think I can go Ronald Jones here either. That's my third running back off the board. I, I'm, I'm a Darius Geist believer at Washington. But uh, Ronald Jones, I mean, the prices of running backs are always going to be high because they, they run out so far soon here. You know, Freeman, I'm sure, is going to go in the next couple of uh, dollar picks here. Uh, I, like, I do like the order they're going in. Freeman, well, I'm, I'm sorry. Geist. Freeman went at 35. I, I missed Freeman. He went at 35. Freeman went at 35, so same price as Pence. There was all the rookie running backs are sort of going for the same price. Almost like your league is like, oh, well, someone's got to break out here. I don't know if I trust any of these rookie running backs, the bottom line is. I haven't drafted any other than Geis. 
So I don't have Penny on any team. Not only, you know, I don't think in mocks I've gone uh, there because it's hard to tell with the rookies. Are they going to be the guy? Are they not going to be the guy? You think Freeman is a booker? Is it a timeshare? Who's the touchdown guy? You know, how good is that offensive line anyway? Does it matter? You know, with Penny, it's the same thing. I worry about the offensive line. I still think that, that offense filters through Russell Wilson. So uh, I'm not going to have any of these guys on my teams with the exception of Geis, who for some reason, I, I think he slipped over the draft because of what may or may not be true during the interviews, that he didn't come off very well. I think that's why he slipped. I think Washington got a bargain there. I like Alex Smith there. So I think uh, Geis is going to be my guy. Smith Schuster comes off the board next at $33. That's a little high for me. Then you get Steph Diggs at 33. So Diggs is at 33. Thielen is at 34. Uh, Jarek McKinnon at 32. I think that's a better buy than my 36 on Christian McCaffrey. McKinnon at 32, McCaffrey at 30. I, I don't know. I wouldn't knock you. Uh, I, I'm not saying I don't disagree with you here, but I don't think I knock you on it. I mean, once again, why are we assuming McKinnon's going to have a big season? Because of Kyle Shanahan. Right. That's why. He's the, the running back guru. Oh, no, no, no. Well, maybe. You know, maybe. But they, they have a host of other running backs there. Uh, Garoppolo's not going to win every game. Our teams are going to watch this uh, offense now. They'll, they'll shut it down a little bit more. I'm not in lo- bottom line is I'm not in love with McKinnon like everybody else. So I I don't know. I think he's an upside guy. I get it, but he's all, he's a guy who can either win a lot of leagues or lose a lot of leagues. I think people are just too high on him. In the, that Roto Wiley, he went in the second round to somebody. Uh and uh he's another guy. I'm not gonna have shares up because people are too high on him. Then we get Joe Mixon at thirty two, Larry Fitzgerald at thirty one, Josh Gordon at thirty one, and then Darius Geis at thirty one dollars. You don't have Gordon at thirty one, Corey? Amazingly, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't know, Corey's like uh, the number one Josh Gordon fan club. He should be his agent. Do it for years. Uh, Geis goes at 31. Then I get my wide receiver, two, Allen Robinson at 30. All right, so you got nine. Once again, you got, uh, you got some bargains here. You know, That's what I'm going to do, George. Nice. I'm going I'm to I'm get me one of the top guys, one of the top backs, and then I'm, then I'm going to find the mispriced players after that. The problem is I think we all do that. Yep. I, I would use that exact same strategy in, every, in pretty much every sport. You yep. know, and I, I, There's no doubt going into a football draft, I'm paying for a uh, top – I'd probably go top six running backs. The obviously top four, the Camaro here you got, and I'll throw Barkley in here as well. I'm paying for it. Now, in your chat, if you would have told me that Hunt only went for 45 – because I would have had the, all these prices probably $10 higher. So if I would have known Hunt was going for 45 then I, I would have waited. But odds are I'd have paid 61 for one of those top four running backs. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind I would have done that because I wouldn't have realized uh, the price were going to be, uh, in my mind, as cheap as they are here. So it's like a lot of your guys were saving their money, which is interesting. It's not what I would have expected for the top four running backs here. So, but I would, that's the exact strategy I would have gone into. No doubt in my mind, I'm getting a top running back and I'll figure out my team after that. And like you said, the mispriced players is what I'm looking for. And I'm not paying for a quarterback, no doubt in my mind. Not unless Aaron Rodgers goes for, you know, $11.00. Then, okay, maybe I'll pay for a quarterback and make sure I get the best one. And tight end is probably also a position. I'm not going cheap, but I'm not paying for I'm not paying for a Gronk. Next is the first tight end to go off the board at Rob Gronkowski at $30. To me, that is one of the worst buys of this auction. Did you see this week where he was swimming with the Sharks? No, I did not see that, thank God. Yeah, it was on ESPN. He was actually swimming down the Caribbean with the Sharks. ESPN had a crew there doing it with them. Bill Belichick must be like, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. It, you know, this is, 
This is why you don't get the big money, Rob, because you do crap like this. Can you wait to do this till after you retire? Uh, he's literally down there. They have a crew down there. Which, I mean, I'm not talking great white sharks. No, it's These like a docile type sharks. shark. But still, a shark is a bigger shark. Bigger than him. Yeah, a shark is a shark. A shark. Mm-hmm. Listen, living, living on Long Island here, a couple of people just got bit by whatever shark that aren't man-eaters. They got bit by accident. What if he gets bit by accident? You know, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not swimming with sharks. So not if I'm uh, got ten, twelve million dollars coming to me. Uh, another one. Some more of these tight end buys. Travis Kelsey goes at uh twenty dollars. Zach Ertz goes at eighteen dollars. Uh, and my favorite of, of them. And my favorite of all is Scott Engel's buy of Ricky Seals Jones at fifteen dollars. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Sorry, Sean. Not liking that pick for your dad. Not. I don't get that at all. Why would if I was for Ertz? How are you only paying three dollars less for Ricky Seals Jones? That doesn't make sense to me. Greg Olson was ten. I mean, it, Greg Olson was ten dollars. Evan Ingram was eight dollars. Did Scott hit a wrong number? Here? <laughs> That's not a joke, man. Was the wrong number hitting on the? That doesn't make any sense. It's yo. I came on air and was like, "Why is Ricky Seals at nine? Right." Then it jumped to 11. Then the next day it jumped to 14. And I was like, listen, what, what, what am I missing on Ricky Seals? And I look up the next day. I, come, I get ready to come on do the weekday edition of the Frenzy. Ricky Seals is sitting at 15 and the name next to it is Scott E. Roto X. Wow. Uh, that's shocking. To me. Even if I was high on Ricky Seals, Jones, I'm not paying that price. Yeah. The, I, that, that's crazy. For, especially the other guys you mentioned. But I got to tell you, I would probably have uh, – Ertz or Kelsey, I thought the price on it was really good on them. But if, then again, Ingram at eight, I'd kill for him at nine dollars too. There you go, right there. So interesting. Get a couple more of these done, and I'll, I'll send you an invite if I can put one together, George, uh, with some more industry cats, and we put a couple dollars on it. I think it'd be a nice time right there. Uh, thank you as always, my man. I'm glad you enjoyed your trip, and um, hope you enjoy your week. Don't forget, Carton and friends, each and every day. Right here, beginning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the network, the Roto Experts exclusive Edge Package, live and lit for 2018. Do our buddy Jake Seeley a favor, use the promo code All In Kid. George, my man, as always, it's been a lot of fun. Always is, Corey. I'll look forward to doing a draft there if possible, and good luck in your future drafts. Fantasy Football Frenzy Weekend Edition, we are out.